Be bold. Take risks. Lead by example. Believe in your power. Say what you feel. Mean what you say. Hi, I'm Leslie Ann Sion, host of the new podcast series, Sion 180. Join me at Sion 180 on this journey of discovery and advancement. Searching for that ideal house or rental property with a picture-perfect view of the ocean or lush green hills and breeze that gently caresses your face. Century 21 Grenada helps our clients to go beyond the search to living. At Century 21, our agents understand that a home isn't just walls and a roof, but a sacred, inspiring place where you learn, laugh, play, and create. Contact us today at c21grenada.com or give us a call at 473-440-5227. Go beyond with Century 21. Hello and welcome again to Sion 180. On our podcast series, we feature Caribbean voices from around the world who are making real differences in their areas of influence. I invite you to check out my website, at Sion180.com or my Facebook page, or visit your favorite podcast streaming sites for current episodes as well as past shows. You can also visit my Instagram page for weekly updates, tidbits, advice, and interactions with me, your host, and fellow listeners. We are now in the fourth season of Sion180, and we have brought you Voices of Trauma and Triumph discussing a diverse range of topics, from healthcare to finance and business, to leadership, entrepreneurship, and motivational. Today's topic, what every man should know about prostate health, demystifying prostate health, embracing general wellness for men. And with me to chat about this very important topic today is Dr. Adrian Rudd. Dr. Adrian Rudd is a consultant urologist at the Celeste Bird Medical Center in Antigua and the Medical Surgical Associates. He did his medical training and urology residency at the University of the West Indies Mona campus and also spent time training in the United Kingdom where he is a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons. He has shared his tremendous urology experience and expertise across several continents including America, Europe, Africa, and of course, right here in the Caribbean. He is a lecturer at the American University of Antigua. He is passionate about cancer care and men's health, as he is about traveling and exploring the world. He is a father of two and a fan of the Arsenal Football Club. Dr. Rudd, thank you and welcome to Sion 180. Thank you. Thank you for that, Sion. And I have to begin by saying that we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum with respect to, to football clubs, as I am a Man United fan. Oh, it will be very <laughs> interesting later today. And I know that rivalry goes all the way back uh, yeah. to historic times. So, so, Doc, um, we are introducing this topic, which 
in our previous chat, you said it's such a wide and huge area. Um, and we want to tackle it uh, from a standpoint that we can condense it into 30 minutes. Um, generally, we want to be able to help men um, learn information about their general reproductive health, especially as it, re it relates to, to the prostate. Um, but first of all, can you tell me what as a urologist is your primary function? And then, of course, what is the role of the prostate in the male reproductive system? Okay. So as a urologist, because there are not many urologists around, um, we are surgeons dealing primarily with diseases of the genitourinary tract. And that is the, the kidney, the bladder, the prostate, the penis. We, a lot of our work surrounds the prostate as the number of problems the prostate can cause is quite, quite high. We have lots of issues come up with the prostate, namely prostate cancer. Yes. So a lot of the times I like to tell people that I'm almost like a male version of a gynecologist. But we also do see women because women do have issues with kidneys, do have issues with kidney stones, bladders, urinary problems. But a large bulk of my work and most urologists work are around men. Now, as surgeons, we primarily do operations, remove kidneys, prostates, bladders. But now more and more as health evolves in the region, we tend to find ourselves advocating for men's health and men's health needs as we generally find, or I personally find that that has been something that has been neglected for generations, for decades. And that's why the state of men's health is where it's at today. Yes, especially in the, in the Caribbean. Uh, Doc, one of the things I, I, I like to do is to sort of burst open a lot of the issues and myths and taboos concerning, you know, particular topics. And in, in this case, for instance, um, a lot of our audience might feel, well, this is sort of like a, an old man's topic. Prostate health rarely deals with middle age and older men and doesn't have anything to do with younger men. And then some of our, our menfolk um, with our usual machismo may say, well, all you have to do is have a lot of sex and uh, you have great prostate health. Uh, tell us about these myths and issues and, and what are the fears, phobias that you uh, come across in your practice? So the general feeling is men do not take care of themselves. Men have poor health-seeking behaviors and it's, it's multifactorial. Is it that men are taught to be macho? Men are taught not to complain about their problems. Men are taught not to go to the doctor. Um, and it's just a cultural situation. Um, there is also the part that I believe the healthcare system has also done a disservice to men as there isn't really much of a reason to encourage men to come and see the doctors. And I always compare it to the women and the gynecologists. Women go to see their gynecologist the minute they start having children, which will be late teens to early 20s. They, they get familiar with accessing the health services. And then when they get pregnant, they, ha they have to form a relationship with an obstetrician. And then they, 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 that's an opportunity to be taught about their body, about health, about taking care of themselves and wellness. With regards to the man now, there's been no time when you've had to tell men, look, come and see a doctor, get checked out. So men just roll around for all of their life, never seeing a doctor. It's almost a badge of honor. 
until they present later down in the late 50s, 60s, 70s in end-stage diseases with major, major problems that they were just taught to ignore, to suck it up, to tough it out. Yes. So this is it's multifactorial, but this is what we have. Fortunately, with, with our advo- advocations, for, with what we are doing and how we're trying to change the narrative, there's a lot more information, men are more proactive, we're seeing that changing. And the word is getting across, particularly with platforms like this, men that listen say oh okay maybe i should come and get a checkup and even if it's not the older man that is listening you may have the wives the sisters the daughters the sons who say look it's not me but i want my father i want my brother i want my uncle to be around and to be healthy and wholesome and then that drives them to at least start the conversation yes very much so and um it's 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 not a topic that's just for men as you said it's very important that women listen and they are able to pass on the information um, to 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 their men folk um so doc in terms of your practice uh in the caribbean in particular what are the typical issues that you will see in relation to prostate health. I know that there are common uh, types of inflammation, enlarged prostate, and of course, as you mentioned, cancer. Tell me more of what you see and maybe more about the age group in which these complaints tend to arise. So we generally see three main conditions. One, enlarged prostates, also called BPH or benign prostatic hyperplasia. And what that causes is most men from the hit age 40, 40, and the prostate enlarges, they will have some change in their urinary symptoms. That's guaranteed just by the sheer mass of the prostate growing. They may find the urination is slow. They may find that it's hard to hold it. They may find that they have to wake up a lot at night. That is very, very common. That's usually around middle age to elderly men. And then the second most common thing that we see is the prostate cancer. So whereas BPH and enlarged prostate will not kill you, but will make your life a nuisance, prostate cancer will kill you. That is a big, big burden. That's a big bulk of the work we do because black men, unfortunately, are at the highest risk for having prostate cancer. We have the highest incidence in the region and also our our mortality meaning if we're likely to die from it is also the highest in the world so there's a lot of debate about it a lot is trying is going on a lot of research as to why and how what can we do about this but from a significant standpoint prostate cancer is killing is, is is what is causing most of our deaths in our cancer men The third thing we see is prostatitis, which is inflammation in the prostate. And that tends to be what the younger men come in with. Discomfort down behind the scrotum, abnormal sensations in the pelvis, a little discomfort down there. Very common, once again, an annoyance, but not generally life-threatening. Yes. Doc, you know, as you say that, it, 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 it brings me to the point that you know, we might be speaking as if our audience knows exactly what this is about. In terms of the anatomy, where yes. is the prostate actually located? And then tell us what is the importance of, of the prostate uh, gland okay. or organ in, in, in men? So the prostate gland is a little walnut or guinea-sized organ 
Yes. Um, it sits in the pelvis or in the lower aspect of the abdomen. It is just below your bladder. It is somewhat be just. It is just behind your pelvic bone or your pubic symphysis, and it is just in front of your rectum and anus. So it is very closely related to lots of important structures, and it's somewhat behind your testicles. You know, so it, it, it's covered by most stuff, and it, it, it's a very important organ that produces secretions which liquefy the sperm when you ejaculate and help to create uh, an environment where your sperms can fertilize the egg. Right. So right. all men have a prostate and it starts from, it starts acting up generally around age 40 or it starts enlarging around age 40, 40. Is that a natural cause of uh, for enlargement as you age? Yes, so the, the, the enlargement is very natural and a normal part of male aging. However, for reasons that no one knows, we all believe it has to do with uh, the ratio of male hormones as you age, it causes further growth in the prostate. Right, right. And some of this reluctance that uh, medical practitioners like yourself um, have experienced regarding men checking on their prostate involves the type of checking or testing or examination, isn't it? Um, yeah. Can you tell us about that and, and why men should not be afraid of it? So it has been spoken about quite a bit, the difficulties regarding um, the digital rectal examination where the glove lubricated finger is inserted up the anus to feel the prostate. The prostate sits just a few centimeters within the anus and that is why we do that examination. With that examination, we can tell we can get a lot of information we can get the size of the prostate we can tell if it feels hard and nodular suggestive of cancer and it also gives us lots of other information and we can check the stool the tone of the anus very helpful the same way if you're having a problem with your throat someone has to look in your throat with your ear with your nose is the exact same thing. I know a lot of men tend to not like to have that examination done, but it literally takes five seconds. And for the most part, I think once men come in and you, you explain to them the reason for it, and it's not all you do, you know, you, you give them a full check, you have, examine the abdomen, the penis, the testicles, they're very grateful to have this examination done. Good. I'm glad you're saying that because it's very important for them to understand what follows next after that examination. Okay. Because listening to you, you are detecting certain things that will take you on to the next test. Correct. And I, I, I generally, I, I, I like to, to challenge my colleagues in the medical field to treat men as men, treat men differently, treat men with um, respect, with dignity. Um, too often we think that we could have just told men to man, man up, just accept anything. But I mean, some people will come in and expect that all they will have examined on them is the prostate. And the men just come into the into the office and just try to bend over the, the, the desk yes. to have the finger inserted. And you have to tell them, no, 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 it's more than that. We'll listen to the chest first, feel the abdomen, get you comfortable, checking for any lumps in the testicles, any issues on the penis. And then, you know, you conclude with examining the prostate. I think that's a much more comfortable 
sequence of events than even before a discussion is had. Yes. You know, you're inserting a finger. So yes, in, in other words, there is a sort of transition process before Correct. you get to this intrusion, so to speak. Correct. Correct. And you try to make the patient feel comfortable because right. the vision for the man is that I'm coming in to bend over and yes, groped. Yes, yes. <laughs> and this is just what has been perpetuated over the years. Yes. And, and Doc, would you say that that rectal examination is critical for you in terms of the first uh, part or phase of your diagnosis? Because we want to now go into the, the cancerous issues with you. Yes. What, what starts to make your mind move into your area of expertise and say, we have a potential problem here after that examination? And what do you do next? Well, even before we get to that examination, any man coming in that is over the age of four zero is a potential patient that may have prostate cancer. As young as that? Especially if he's black. Okay. After that, we then ask them about their family history. Do you have any fathers, uncles, brothers with prostate cancer? Because if there's somebody, a male, with um, a family history of prostate cancer, that increases your risk significantly. Yes. After that... We then ask the patients if there is has been any issues with um, any symptoms. And the common symptoms are, you know, blood in the urine, back pain, difficulty peeing. But the, 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 the frightening part is that most of the patients will have absolutely no symptoms. So the key is to get men to come out to get checked even before they feel unwell. So wellness checks. Right. Now, when we get down to the examination, we are essentially feeling to see if the prostate feels hard, irregular, or boggy. That is one part, and then we do the blood test, the PSA, the prostate-specific antigen, and then we combine the results of the two to then determine what is going on. Yes. And, and, and so before our men folk get into the office of a urologist, yeah. There may be some symptoms, warning signs that they have ignored, um, mm -hmm. which are indicative of a prostate health problem. What are some of these symptoms and issues that they may experience? So we can enlighten them. Don't ignore this. You have to pay okay. attention. So what not to ignore? Difficulty passing your urine, straining to get the urine out, blood in the urine, back pain, persistent chronic back pain. These are the common things to look out for. Later down, the back pain can cause spinal collapse and paralysis. You cannot walk. Obviously, at that time, patients will present. But those early signs, the blood in the urine, the difficulty pain, you should have it checked out. Now, the, I stress once again, the point where we would like to catch the patients, where we have the most opportunity to help, to cure, is when they have absolutely no symptoms so once again what i stress for the men is wellness checks every year around your birthday once a year go and see a doctor have it and if it, since it's the prostate is what has started the discussion and has men thinking hmm, when you get to have your prostate check at the same time check your blood pressure check your sugar check your cholesterol this is where we will get the most value in our treatment. This is where we keep you well. This is where we pick up illnesses early enough to cure, to make major differences in your life. It's easy when you come very late and there's nothing much we can do. It is unfortunate 
it is sad but this is unfortunately what we have too much of there's a shift where the more educated or the more financially comfortable men are now being more proactive with their health and are coming in earlier and earlier which is what we like to see but we would like i would like to see the whole population shift to that wellness that 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 preventative medicine type of approach yes doc you know when when we began the podcast you 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 reminded us that there are not many urologists in the caribbean and i will have to tell you one of my beefs i think um with our our expertise and it's not just within the caribbean itself but our caribbean specialists abroad in different countries not doing uh, sufficient to educate the caribbean public um within mm-hmm. the archipelago um as to these health issues and i'm wondering if you see a need for that advocacy that lobbying that regionalism um especially when you say it's so dominant in 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 black males um, yes. you know what 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 are your thoughts on that and and can you be a trailblazer in 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 oh. this in this area well definitely i think that um we we have lagged behind internationally internationally um and it's a multifactorial region i mean i'm very passionate about it i read a lot about the history where we come from slavery and the poor health conditions the poor feeding the poor medical care we got um and we we we're just a byproduct of that system no fortunately there have been major advances and some fields have grown significantly more than this particular field urology and men's health we have a lot of gynecologists obstetricians we have a lot more pediatricians um and they are doing excellent jobs but unfortunately men's health has just lagged behind no podcasts such as this i mean i i do several of these talks i and i hope to raise the awareness to get people thinking um get get the discussion started um unfortunately it requires a lot of resources it requires a lot of lobbying it requires policy change it requires money to do things because you know the health public health especially is always struggling financially i mean we we exist in a, in a period where me- modern medicine and evidence based medicine is largely a, a capitalist sort of venture and the cost of everything keeps going up astronomically day by day week by week year by year and we are always lagging behind um but these we can go on and on for hours about this but um i think at, at the very least this is where it starts yes people that get the training people that come back and you're in you're, you're not in the ideal environment we can always have stayed in in the first world and continue doing this but then if we don't come back and do this who will yes exactly it has to be us it has to come from um within the within the caribbean community i mean you right. have spoken about alarmingly high um incidence of of prostate cancer in in caribbean men for instance are we going to wait until they're decimated before we take steps uh, to me we're constantly being mm-hmm. fed information from the north american perspective but and, we and let me so, we have sorry our to, people to, we have our people in that area like you and, and let me sorry to cut you on this point and here's another classic example so the most of the largest prostate cancer studies evidence based have evidence based trials have been done in America and Europe which have which 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 gave a set of results saying yes prostate cancer is significant 
and screening is helpful but guess what most of the men that were involved in these trials were white and caucasian there were very 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 few black men but all the studies are showing that black men have the highest incidence and the highest mortality yeah. now in the caucasian population a lot of the world bodies health bodies have said well look you don't need to screen because it may or may not make a big difference if you screen the men but this is based on what happened in the caucasian men i'm sure if these studies were were run in black men it would yield a tremendous benefit to screening because you can pick up cancers early and save their lives yes. but we just don't have the financial backing the research capabilities in our region to, to prove this yes yes very important i know that we could spend a whole podcast on on something like that but i i want to say to you as you mentioned early detection which gives you um, the patient the chance to have the prostate cancer cured what happens when you you get to it too late doc what what okay. kind of treatment or is there any treatment at that stage yeah so prostate cancer is largely fueled and driven by testosterone so what has been happening is that back in the in the mid 80s they found out that if you cut testosterone you can cut the fuel to the cancer stop the growth of the cancer and get the and, and save the lives or at least give the patient further time to live longer so if you are picked up too late many men will be on this treatment which cuts your testosterone back in the day it was by doing surgery to remove the testicles surgical castration which was the cheapest and most effective nowadays we have these injections which fortunately are given every 3 months which is actually pretty tolerable to give men a, a pretty comfortable um, quality of life and length of time yes that is generally what we do for late presenters and when you remove the 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 prostate the prostate, prostate can yeah. it lead to erectile dysfunction i mean there are fears that men have genuinely Definitely. about this could, that could be the cause of them not even coming forward because they're afraid to lose quote on quote their manhood in, in, in some so what ends up happening now is anytime you have prostate cancer and you do any kind of treatment to cure it it will affect two things your erectile function and your continence the ability to keep hold of your urine no usually if you have prostate cancer it's all about saving your life the the issue is now if you are telling men to come out and get screened and get checked earlier it means you pick up this disease earlier in younger functional men in which sexual function and and continence urinary control is of utmost importance but it is a real discussion that you have to have with the patients no treatments have so advanced that the side effects have become less and less if you have early prostate cancer we recommend surgery to remove the prostate and no it is being done robotically where you have robotic assistance where you have much better vision you can make more precise movements and precise cuts however it's not a 100% guarantee i like to tell my patients it's almost like trying to remove a peanut from a spider's web you can be as gentle as possible the peanut represents the prostate the web represents the nerves any kind of distortion of those nerves will and can affect your continence and how how good your erections are yes 
And and for men in the Caribbean, any discussion on erectile dysfunction and inability to have sexual activity would have quite an impact. Uh, one hates to be sensational, but perhaps that has to underpin some of Correct. the messaging um, from our urologists in the region, so that it resonates with the men folk. Uh, so Correct. so. So, Doc, that leads me to uh, our final question. Um, as a urologist working in the Caribbean, having worked in, in, in several countries across the globe, what advice would you give for younger men, 30s younger and 40s? Men. Yes, on prostate. Younger men, start doing your wellness checks. Start having your general checkups. Once a year, around the time of your birthday, go in and get a general checkup. The same way you service your car two, three times a year, you can at least service your body once a year. Walk into a doctor. It doesn't even have to be a urologist, just a general doctor. Get your pressure check. Get your sugar check. Any problems you have, any concerns you have. This is how you get comfortable with the healthcare system. This is how you pick up illnesses early, particularly the, the chronic non-communicable disease, which is a whole other kind of worms, the heart attack, the stroke, the diabetes. This is what I, I strongly encourage and I, I advocate to all the men, particularly the younger men. You don't have to wait until 40 to go and start with your prostate checks. Once a year, around the time of your birthday, so you don't forget, you can't remember, was it, when did I go, which month did I go, you'll remember your birthday, have that general checkup. That's what we, I would like to leave with them. Thank you. Very important parting words for our men folk in the Caribbean. Thank you so much, Doc. It's been a pleasure having you on this podcast and sharing your expertise with our audience. And uh, we wish you all the best and, and continue to be successful and advocate for men's health causes, particularly prostate health. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Adrian Rudd, for taking time out to chat with us on this extremely important topic. On Sion 180, we believe in raising awareness and educating, especially on topics like these that don't get much focus and platform. I am sure the men listening learned something new, and even women now are armed with tidbits and information that they can share with their husbands, sons, and fathers. So thank you so much. Thank you for being with us on this podcast, Sion 180. This is a season four, and we continue to learn from our community of professionals who graced our platform. Don't forget to hit us up on our social media platforms. We do love hearing from you. Tune in again next Sunday for another episode, or check us out anytime on YouTube and on Sion180.com for all current and past episodes. This is Siam 180. Be safe, everybody.